stimulate the middle class with music. Stop pressing CDs. What is the reason people don't hit publish? Fear. Consistent quality content. Hey guys, Vance and I want to answer your questions. Hit us up on Twitter at Vance Fight and at Tom Dupree the Third, and use the hashtag Music Stuff Show. Whether it's an idea for an episode or you just want a quick reply, we want to help. Welcome to the Music Stuff Show, where we break down the business of music to help you build a career doing what you love. Hello. Oh. Hello. Oh. Oh. We're here together. Oh. On this nice oh. Saturday oh. morning. We usually oh. film on Fridays. Oh. But here we are on Saturday. <laughs> and Vance is still going with the oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, we're back. We're back. I'm proud of us because we are getting ahead of schedule in our batch life. It's and true. Usually we like drain our resources and have zero episodes in the coffers and before we record again. We were really good when we started the show. We were. We were real ahead of it. And then it was probably around tour season. That's when it really That we got a little behind. Yeah. And then we just like have been chasing. Yeah. Chasing the dragon. Yeah. And (laughs) now. South Park. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like we uh, are finally back in a spot where we have a good rhythm. We're not, we're not moving into adulthood. No. Because that sounds terrible. That's for plebs. We're just being a little bit more mature about how we do things. Yeah. Ever so slightly. (laughs) Just a smidge. Yeah. We even did a little bit of research before this episode. Say what? I have notes. What? How fun is that? We're growing up. Oh. <laughs> huh. Are you going to hit me with a fact? Bro, you know. Uh, so for those of you at home, you know we batch. If you've been following the show, we don't keep that a secret. Yeah, no, uh, we're not trying to We do that. a couple at a time. I'm going to just let you know that the next couple episodes, we're doing space facts. I just finished a book called The Future of Humanity, where if you just want to freak out at like stuff that is sci-fi that apparently is becoming real science, uh, there's the plug. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Really kind of freaked me out. Show notes. In a great way. We need to get an Amazon affiliate link. Yup. Uh, so I'm going to do that. So yeah, if you click on a link for a book, uh, we'll maybe get like 17 one-thousandths of a cent. So support the squad. Holla! Help your boys. Yeah. Uh, Please? That being said, on to our fact. Did you know space is completely silent? I did know that. For those of you at home that didn't know that, I figured this might be the one that you might know. But sound waves need a medium to travel through, and since there is no atmosphere in the vacuum of space, the realm between stars will always be eerily silent. Yeah. Every movie where they do explosions in space is... Bull. Well, actually, they started to do better about it. Like, mm. I remember what was the first uh, Star Trek reboot movie? It was just like Star. I know the one. Not Beyond. It's Star Trek. Whatever. Anyway, the first one of mm-hmm. the reboot. In the opening sequence, where Chris Hemsworth, before he was Chris Hemsworth, plays his dad, and he's about to like. Mm. Sorry, spoiler alert. Uh, when the ship is exploding, and some guy gets like sucked out in the vacuum of space. It was just Star Trek, and it was just Star Trek. Uh, it's all loud and explosions and stuff and sirens going off in the moment. The camera follows him through the opening wound in the ship and the moment it gets outside, it's completely silent. Mm. And then Interstellar did a good job of this when uh, 
Another spoiler alert. If you haven't watched these movies, just skip. I haven't seen Interstellar yet, okay, well, which mind. I realize is on me, and I'm way behind. That is on you. I know. It's amazing. I know. The score to that movie is I know. incredible. I know. Since we're a music show. They, uh, anyway, there's a part in that they do well with silence and space. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, and then obviously I haven't seen the movie, but that same book referenced Interstellar, mm-hmm. and some of the crazier science in that is actually pretty accurate in terms of yeah. what we currently know. Yeah, they they did a, a really good job. They uh they hired a like theoretical physicist to be he gets referenced a lot. Right. Like the the uh consultant official consultant, yeah, yeah. for the film. And dude, I've I so this is a music podcast. We can't go too far down the rabbit hole in this. But I want to because I just am a nerd. But I really think that a day is gonna come in our lifetime where we discover that everything we know about physics is only about 1% of the 1% of the knowledge that's available. And we realize that the things that we do know only apply to like the stuff that we know, the examples of which we oh, are aware. 100%. You know what I'm saying? Like we're going to realize that what we think is, f- is scientific fact is only fact as it applies to what we experience. Uh, there was a tweet the other day that was a young kid schooling somebody because they were talking about that uh, whatever, I don't remember specifically what it was, but basically didn't uh, fit within the laws of physics. And the kid was like, nah, fool, it doesn't apply within our understanding of physics. And every hundred years, our understanding of physics right. goes to an entire another Accurate. That's also kind of the whole point of string theory is right. that because you have like the theory of relativity... And then mm-hmm. you have uh, quantum physics, but there's some stuff that doesn't bridge the gap. Right. And as of right now, string theory is like the closest Yeah. that explains some things, but it also calls for 10 dimensions. Right. <laughs> and we operate in four that we're aware of. Right. So, Dude, would you guys want us wild. to trip out on a space episode of a music <laughs> stuff show? Because I would love to do this. <laughs> We could just do an entire episode of sound in space. Man, just or, like a one-off. Or we could just sit here for 30 minutes and pause it about how we think music will be related to our growth throughout space. Like, I'm looking forward to the first time a band, like, tours Mars. You know what I'm saying? Or, Man, like, how they license music to, like, Elon Musk's Space Hub. You know they're going to have, like, speakers that play music in there. Got to. Right? I want to be the first artist played on Mars. That'd be killer. I mean, to be fair, it also, same book. You should really go read this book. I, I literally stayed up till 2 a.m. last night finishing it. It is a trip. But they, uh, some part of string theory also addresses that the universe is basically a symphony of, of waves. Mm-hmm. At a, uh, literally everything is waves. Yeah. Everything we know to exist is waves of a certain We're all length. just a part of a symphony. That's it. What a beautiful creation. Man, I could talk about this for a long time. Yeah. Eat it, Mozart. (laughs) (laughs) Thought you were special. Right. Oh, man. All right. What are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about how it has never been a better time to publish music. Nor has it been easier than right now. So, the impetus for this good word conversation. Thank you. Learned that from a friend of mine. And I heard him say it. It's one of those things where, like, I heard somebody say it, and I was like, that's a cool word. I don't know what that means. I'm going to look it up. Mm -hmm. And I did, and I was like, ah, I like that. I'm going to start using that. 
Anyway, the impetus for this conversation is I discovered this company recently called Amuse. It's amuse.io if you want to go to their website. It'll be linked. Yep. Um, I don't think, if you don't know, I released a song, the first song I've ever released uh, on February 1st. Sounds um, great. You should check it Glitch. out. Glitch is live on Spotify under TD3. Anyway, as uh, I've been learning about releasing my own music, I started checking out other music distribution services to see what else is available. We've talked a lot about DistroKid on here, their relationship with Spotify. Uh, and I used DistroKid to release Glitch. But then I started looking at what else was out there. And I found this company called Amuse. And I found this article entitled, Amuse scores $15.5 million for its free music distribution service and next-gen, quote, record label. And it's written by TechCrunch, or somebody for TechCrunch, uh, a guy named Steve O'Hare. Uh, or maybe it's O'Hare. I don't know. Anyway, this company was founded in Sweden by like a handful of ex-music business people. And it was founded in 2015. And then Will I Am from the Black Eyed Peas joined in. And he's part of the founding membership now. And then just like this article was written nine months ago, they secured $15.5 million in funding to sort of take themselves more global. Mm-hmm. Now, what's interesting about this is DistroKid charges $10 a year, or no, 20 bucks a year, to distribute your music unlimited amount, right? You can distribute unlimited songs to DistroKid. Other services charge per release uh, or different fees. Amuse is free entirely, and you keep 100% of your royalties and 100% of the money that you make and 100% of your rights to your music. You get you give them nothing financially, but what you do give them is your data, mm-hmm. and that's what they're in the game for. So they have two different operations. First of all, it's the only thing I can find that actually is app-driven. You can use their website, but you can also release your music through your phone, which if you're making music in GarageBand and iOS, mm-hmm. you can export it, then you can upload it to Lander, master it on Lander, download it back to your phone, and upload it through the app at Amuse and never leave your mobile device. That's insane. Which is sick. Yeah. I'm sure I haven't used DistroKid in like Safari or Google Chrome on my phone, but I'm sure their website does work mm-hmm. on mobile. However, it's not an app. Amuse has an app. And in the app, you can not only upload and distribute your music, you can also track the streams and you can track the money you earn. Now, you can do that through other distribution platforms, but again, not in an app. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really interesting that they are going mobile. Like, how much do we talk about mobile in this show? And they're pushing hard for it. So we are <laughs> right. going mobile. Right. So they have two different things, like, I guess, tiers of what they do. They have the free you keep everything tier, which is you just distribute through their platform and in exchange for access to your data, you get everything for free. Then they have a record label. And basically the way it seems to me is what they're doing is any artist who decides to distribute through Amuse through the app is joining the Farm League team. And the record label is the big league. And what they've done is they've given themselves access to rising talent. They can track 
every single data point for who's listening, how much, how much revenue is generated. And if you cross a certain threshold, they'll offer you a record deal, which still is, it's basically a licensing deal. You Mm -hmm. still own all of your content. Mm -hmm. This is insane. You own all of your content, but they split the revenue with you 50-50 in exchange for promoting you on a larger scale than you are currently accessing. So the gamble is, are they going to provide at least 50% worth of value of your current revenue? Right? Yeah. Are they going to replenish that? So if you make the same amount but get more promotion... Are you going to get 201% correct. of what you currently... That's absolutely right. Because, you know, if, you know, I'm assuming probably like Immune or somebody's good example, Mm -hmm. you know, of an artist that I would guess they would probably look for is somebody that's doing well, getting streams. Right. You know, if you've got 7 million or 700,000, is that what we said? 700,000 monthly. Monthly listeners, are they going to get you to 1.4 mil? Right. You know, because at that point, if you're splitting half, like you got to get to that point to right. make the same amount of money, which, in my opinion, is totally worth it. Because mm-hmm. to grow your audience to that scale, you know, if you go from 700,000 people that know, even if you're not making more immediately financially, if they can take you to that 1.4, you just doubled your audience mm-hmm. in a quick kind of way. That's right. And it's going to allow you to make more money, right. perform for bigger audiences, and really scale your brand. It's also twice as many ears that can potentially be converted to revenue streams outside of what Amuse has its hands in. Mm-hmm. Amuse only takes revenue from your streaming through their Not from app. your touring. Not from your touring, not from your merchandise, not from your, like, your uh, deals that you do on social media with brands to promote their products. Like, none of that. Nope. They don't take any money from your YouTube advertising for your channel if you're doing that well. Like, they only take revenue 50% of your streaming. Like, if you can get to a point where you become attractive to them, mm-hmm. their, their roster is not very big right now. Yeah. Understandably, you probably have to cross a certain threshold that is very impressive. I would, but I would argue that there's not an easier time than right now. Absolutely right. Because even us, who I mm-hmm. feel like we make an effort to stay ahead on what's happening and paying yeah. attention to what's going on in the music world mm-hmm. is still a new thing. It's a name that I had heard but really didn't know anything about until Tom brought it up uh, and sent me the tweet. And there's never a better time than right now because yeah. unless there's something under the hood that we can't find, <clears throat> because I will say objectively, mm-hmm. this seems like a win, win, mm-hmm. win for every single person involved, mm-hmm. you control your music, you own your music, yep. and they just profit if you do well. That's right. Which is really <laughs> right. how things... They're hedging their bets to say, if we can call 1% of our user base into revenue for us, it's a win. Like, how is that not a game that you would play? And, and statistically... You can, you can also say no. Yeah, and not you don't have deal. to take the deal. That's right. No one's forcing you to. Mm-hmm. And statistically, they're probably mostly betting on winners if you're already to a point that they would mm-hmm. want to throw you a deal because they have the data to back it up to see how successful you're doing. And with that data, you know, they're just going to push you to those markets anyway. Like yeah. If you, like if Glitch is crushing it in Germany and no one in the U.S. has heard it, but you're getting a million streams 
in Germany, they yeah. might still take you and be like, sweet. They're going to double down in Germany. Germany loves you. Mm-hmm. We're going to make you the biggest artist in Germany. Yeah. Again, this is all speculative, but sure. outwardly, there doesn't seem to be anything to lose no. in this. And if that's the case, you know, aggressively a year from now, but even if it's not, three to five years, mm-hmm. this ain't going to be a secret. No. And, you know, while I have personally been a fan of DistroKid up until today. <laughs> like, and, and not to, you know... Uh, DistroKid is great. Not to yeah, not DistroKid. Not... The new kid on the block is doing a few things better. I am not discrediting DistroKid. I think up until today they have been way better than the predecessors before them, but this is mm-hmm. definitely new kid on the block that came out with a resounding middle finger mm-hmm. uh, that's like... You thought this was a good idea. Let's just take this to a whole nother ballpark. Yeah. Um, so I'm really fascinated. But if you wait three to five years to see the value, the land grab is over. Like, yeah. Yeah, man. It, make music and hit yeah. publish. <laughs> like, so we, we have outlined how, time and again, we have outlined that if you have a smartphone, the world is open to you. And we've also said, that if you listen to this show, odds are you're probably listening to it on a smartphone. Mm-hmm. So, assuming that as a listener or viewer of this show, you have a smartphone, you've always had access to a music creation app in GarageBand if you're on iOS. I can't speak to Android. I don't use it. I'm sure there is something similar that's free or cheap. GarageBand is $4.99 in the app store for your phone. It came for free on my iPad. Um, Lander, the mastering website. Now, mastering engineers are probably going to jump down my throat. That's fine. I don't care. They can suck it, man. Give it the future. Um, Lander allows you to master and download two regular quality MP3s per month for free. They have a monthly, their lowest monthly tier of monthly subscription is $6 for unlimited MP3s. Now, of course, you want higher quality. The argument you want to be uploading stereo wave 44.1 files at the very least. That costs $8 per track if you want to master a song on Lander. Further argument for using Lander, if you can mix well, you can get it to master well. The real talent is if you can mix it so that it lends itself well, lends itself to be mastered well, then Lander's a good bet for you. Let's just say you want to pay $5 for GarageBand $6 a month for Lander for unlimited masters. Now you have free distribution. It costs you $6 a month to make a $5 one-time fee and then $6 a month to make unlimited and release unlimited music and make revenue off of that. Honestly, even because I pulled up Lander just to have an actual reference. Yeah. It is 25 bucks a month for all HD files. There you go. Like across the board, like so you could put out a record a month, full, mm-hmm. like everything. Yeah. You know. Let's go further into the data. The average royalty rate that Spotify pays per stream is 0.7 cents, 0.007 dollars, which means it takes about 150 streams to earn a dollar. Mm-hmm. So if you spend $25 a month on Lander for HD files, 
you need to recoup $25 a month. So what's 150 streams times 25? <laughs> so and that's the amount of fun sidebar you have to have. That is super unrelated to uh, any of this. Did you guys know that the iPad does not come with a calculator? I did know that. Uh, so I downloaded an outsized one. To break even, you need 3,000... 750 streams which if it's your first release you don't have an audience yet we can understand that maybe you don't have that yet i get that but that is something that over time like we talked about again we keep going back to immune where Mm -hmm. the larger your catalog grows the easier it is to do that because you have more songs taking the workload. If you have one song, you have to have 3,750 streams on that one song. You know, you have two songs. Okay, all of a sudden that got cut in half. You need 17, 1,800 plays on each song. Cool, you download, you got Mm -hmm. 10 songs. All of a sudden, you need way less people to just listen to your album one time through to then break even. Let me give you a little bit of extra data to tell you how accessible 3,700 streams a month really is. Mm -hmm. I am nobody as an artist. Glitch has been up for a week. Mm -hmm. I have 73 streams. Now, that's literally nothing to write home about. That is not a big deal. Mm -hmm. But I made about 50 cents as nobody with one song. Mm -hmm. So spend the time to create more than one song, yeah. make a bunch of songs, do it every month, and I'm, I would be willing to bet that in six months you would have to work really, really hard to not make $25. Yeah. It's a, it's a numbers game. Like music, this is something we were talking about before we started recording. From the artist perspective and the creator perspective, people have always seemed to think that music is this emotional... Uh, art-driven journey for record labels. you got to find an artist that's relevant, that connects, that like is brandable, is marketable. That stuff does apply, but it has always been and will continue to be a numbers game. Now the numbers are accessible to us in a much more detailed way. Mm-hmm. We can see the exact amount of money we get for the exact amount of listens, the exact amount of viewership, where they're coming from, what the demographic is. It's all actionable data if you're willing to take the time to review it and look at it. And the people who are doing this well, I have not found a more a stronger community who is who is moving against this data than the lo-fi producer community. Mm-hmm. We did the episode about immune. There are a ton of him out there. Yep. I have found so many people who have put out like I was just looking at another guy who put out like over 25 song EPs in 2018 alone. Like he he, is, he basically put out an EP every 2 weeks. He has 1.2 million average monthly listeners. And every song it takes 30 I think 31 seconds to be considered a stream for Spotify. Mm-hmm. Most of these songs are about a minute and 30 to 40 seconds long. Mm-hmm. People are playing the numbers game, yeah. and they're winning. 
Yeah. That's the thing. People aren't being dicks and just like sacrificing artistic integrity to mm -hmm. make some money. They're playing the game correctly and they're winning because now we know the rules. Well, and even to take that a step further, I feel like a lot of these guys in this realm are, it's almost like uh, the new EDM. And go with me on this. I'm where I feel you. like here. EDM, not everybody, but a decent portion of the super successful EDM DJs, producers, were just producers that realized that they did all the work and decided to become the face and they didn't have to yep. sing. That's exactly right. And I feel like with the lo-fi thing right now, because it is perfect for vibes all the time. If you're working, because we've talked about this before, you and I, all the time, like mm -hmm. always in the background, it's great music to work to. Mm -hmm. You know, it's great in a store, a restaurant or whatever, like it can 100% fit a vibe. So I have to assume that most of these guys, some of them might be trying to be artists just as an artist, but I bet they're also probably still just producers that are then using this clout, making dope tracks, and then still going and making tracks for other artists and getting producer credit on their tracks as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. People, people are, are realizing now they have the power. Yeah. The, well, and, the, and all the tools are available. Like, people used to get hung up on, I can't sing or I can't play guitar. I can never be a front man. Mm -hmm. I'm, I have stage fright. These are all reasons not to do the thing. Yeah. But now people are realizing that no matter how many reasons you have not to, none of them matter because there are plenty enough reasons to do. Yeah. That do work. And, it, you know, we talk about it all the time. It's one of the sad reasons that bands are not super hot right now because bands got super hung up on stuff that doesn't matter and, like, gotta be this way or do this thing and fit this lane mm -hmm. versus now the people that are winning are musicians that make music because mm -hmm. they're musicians that's exactly right make music with your friends like to me mm -hmm. that's all you should do like if you make a band out of it mm -hmm. great yeah but like if you and i make a song make music to make music and then figure out what it's for later like, yeah. I, and I think that's where people Absolutely get right. switched up where it's yeah. like, okay, well, we got to start a band. So Tom and I are going to make this thing. And then after we get this website and this Instagram and all this stuff, and mm -hmm. then we can start to sit down and maybe write a song. But is this song the right vibe? F all that. <laughs> like, yeah, that is make, bass backwards. Make do get together release with your homies, make a song. Mm-hmm. Once the song's done, okay, does it fit for your band? Then use it for that band. Yeah. Does it not? Okay, so maybe this homie is doing, you know, this sort of solos thing. Mm -hmm. Works for them? Cool. All rising tides ra raise all ships. Yeah. Like, oh, you have another friend that's a rapper, but like this beat isn't anything you do, but you made it because it was fun for you. Mm -hmm. Send it to them. Yeah. Like, oh, like this... Came out country. I wasn't even trying to do that. But my friend over here, she's a country singer. Maybe I should just send it off to her and see if it's something that she wants to mess with. Make music and worry about the label of what that is after the fact. Yeah. Because if you get so hung up on all this stuff, you have so many resources. Mm -hmm. uh. the, tool, like, <laughs> the tools are there. 
the information is there and it's usable now. There is no like ambiguity about how you can earn a living making music now. If you listen to this show over the course of the past three episodes, I'd say, mm-hmm. uh, when was Dodd? A few episodes ago. I want to, well, if you, if you want, at this if you point, want to highlight reel of this episodes. show, if you want to highlight reel of this show, listen to Eric Dodd, listen to Nicotine, listen to the episode on Immune, and this one. And you don't need to listen to anything else if you want to make money making music because everything you need to know is in those four episodes. For sure. Period. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. No more excuses. Oh, man. We... I, was, I was trying to look up while you were talking. I need to find it. Maybe we can throw it in the show show notes. There is a uh, a female hip-hop artist who, in 2018, released a like push-to-popular-consumption-channels album, not like a lo-fi background music, but like an album mm-hmm. of two-minute songs. Mm-hmm. She, she did a full record... Every song had a vertical video, I think. It was all like very much mm. now mobile driven. And she made a full record of two minute songs with mobile formatted videos. And I it was I don't know how it sold or how it streamed or whatever, but apparently it was critically very well received. And the whole argument behind it was this is how people are consuming music now. Mm-hmm. So why would I inundate them with more than they need? Yeah. Like it's going mainstream. Drake is going to put out a song that's a minute and 45 seconds and it's going to be a hit in the next two years. Yeah, I mean, like, we all know I love to talk about Blink-182. Mm-hmm. Look at their entire catalog. What's My Age Again was two minutes and 13 seconds or something. Yeah, man. And I remember I remember watching TRL and every time the video would go off, they'd be like, man, I'm so bummed that song is so short. It's so good. I just want to listen to it over and over again. Yeah, man. They had to play twice as many songs as everybody when yeah. they were starting out, because their songs were so short. Yeah. I mean, Tom DeLong literally said, I wanted to write nursery rhymes. And By it, God, did he? It did. I mean, did he ever? <laughs> <sighs> anyway, that's all I have to say about that. The tools are there. Go get the tools. Man. Go go get access to the data. The only way to do it is to make it and put it out, and then you can see how it happens and adjust from there. Just go do. Do the thing, man. Yeah. Hit publish. Thanks for watching and listening. We'll see you next week. Pew, pew.